Hello and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to live aboard cruising. So really excited. We have a great episode today because we have special guests from Australia, which we have a lot of listeners from. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. This is Kim and Steve, and um, thank you so much for doing this podcast with oh, us and chit-chatting. We've had a chance to get to know you, which is always the most fun part, I think, of, of sailing, at least the little bit of sailing we've been doing so far, cruising. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I wanted to do is just have you introduce yourselves and talk about, you know, a little bit about your experience here in Montenegro, um, where we are, and um, maybe you can share your story about, you know, why you decided to go cruising. This is your first season, too. Sure is. Yep, sure is. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Kim. I'm Steve. (laughs) We're from Perth, Western Australia, um, and literally this month is... um, One year. One year since we purchased our boat. It's a Moody 38 uh, Santa Cockpit. Yeah, 1994. Uh, 94. Yep. Uh, we bought her in Preveza in Greece. We actually flew there to to see her, to do the inspection. Um, and then back to Perth. And then back to Perth. Packed up everything that we... Packed, sold, yeah. throughout. <laughs> yes, we did that over a, an extended period of extended time. Period We've of been time, downsizing yeah. for years. Yeah. Um, but the things that we wanted to take to the boat, we also had to pack in a box and... Mm send off about the same time that we left Australia, which was 21st of November, 2019. Yeah. Mm. Um, so we landed in Greece and spent our first 90 days in Greece and then had to leave because of the Schengen shuffle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so from there we headed north. And so we left Greece, uh, again, finished the Schengen shuffle in 90 days. So the first step was to go north to Albania. And we entered Saranda, spent a little while in Saranda, and uh, then headed a little bit north from Saranda to a place called Oricum, Oricum Marina, just outside of Valora. It's in a privately owned Italian marina. It's the only one of its kind in Albania. The only marina in Albania. Which we learned because <laughs> that's where we got stuck during lockdown. Yes. And how long were you stuck there? And we were there for four months. Four and a half months. Four and a half, yeah. Mm. Yes. And Which, um, could you get off your boat, though? We could get off our boat. Um, in Albania, they had initially, that was like an hour a day, you're allowed to be out, like go to the mm. shop or come back. And then they extended it to an hour and a half. And then maybe within the month, they kind of nine to five or that yeah. kind of thing kind of opened up more. Um, but it was mm. challenging. It's a, a Moody 38 is not a massive boat. Mm-hmm. 38 feet. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we are a couple that do spend a lot, a lot of, time of time together. together we yeah. do work well together, but even that was a challenge for us. Well, yeah. I can only speak for myself. It was a oh, challenge. Oh, yes, it was a challenge. <laughs> it was a challenge for me to be around Steve in that, in that close confines for mm. that period of time. We really mm. had to get creative about our space, getting outside, just going for walks around the marina so we knew every nook and cranny. We were were not allowed to go sailing. Um, We were allowed to walk around the marina, but we were not allowed to actually leave the marina grounds or or past the beaches on either side of the marina. Or go sailing. sailing. And what month of the year of there? Um, So we got there in March, wasn't it? Yeah, March. Mm. March Mm -hmm. and... Left uh, in July. Left in July, yes. Mm. 
Um, so. We were able to spend, obviously doing the Schengen Shuffle again, we were able to spend the first 90 days in Albania and then we applied to um, the custom, no, immigration people and they allowed us uh, an extension for the second 90 days. So that gave us effectively... Oh, that's good. 180, oh, it was good. Yeah. 180 days, so... That was easy. Yeah. <laughs> and as time went on and we were a couple of weeks out from the end of the second 90 days, um, we thought, well, we'd better check with them because COVID sort of seems to be continuing. Can we stay for a third 90 days? Because <laughs> we'd made some friends, we made you some know. Friends yeah, let's use their car. We felt like we were actually You were getting comfortable. Yes. With, yeah. Yes. So we were allowed to do day sale. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and the weather was still beautiful. It was it was sort of summery and, and nice. And we, it was you know, June. We'd started to June, go sailing July. and do those sorts of things, yeah. And now uh, we said to them, all, two weeks towards the end of our 90, can we, uh, can we stay longer? And they, they said, no, definitely no. I said, what, no leeway? No, that's it. No, no COVID, no nothing? No, no they no. said they weren't even going to um, give extensions because of COVID. Like that was a mm-hmm. hard no. Hard no. So we had to look at our options, whether they'd let us back into Greece. Which they wouldn't Which because they wouldn't. The, the borders to Greece were closed. Were hard, right. Hard, hard closure. The borders to Italy were closed. And so we couldn't go across the water. We couldn't go south. So we had to go north. And so that pointed us towards Montenegro. And that's how we ended up up mm. here. Yeah. It's lovely here. It is. It yeah. Is. I it think is. a lot of people don't know about it. And maybe we should stop talking about it. So it, it <laughs> stays. Well, we found that in Albania too. Yeah. There was, so June, we were able to go exploring. And mm-hmm. we found some beautiful places across Albania mm-hmm. that are tourist sites. So people obviously go there but we had free range of them there was no one around yeah Mm. Yeah, we'd arrive at a place and you know it might be an old roman ruin or it might be a big castle a a big castle or something and it's just you you and crickets that was awesome (laughs) yeah well this is a, a good segue into you know why you decided to go sailing in the first place um you know so you have older kids so they yep we're kind of leave, just like us. We're kind of leaving the house, and mm. so what was the thing that drew you to a sailing lifestyle? Mm. Can I start? You can start. Um, back when our girls, so when we kind of got together, and they were around twelve, ten, we said, "When you turn eighteen, we're leaving home." <laughs> <laughs> so by the time I think we said the same thing, didn't we? <laughs> not, that, not when they were that young. Yeah, <laughs> we were preparing them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know we're leaving home when you're eighteen. We're leaving home when you're 18. They, yeah. they kind of got the message. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the oldest two, because they're 21 and 23 now, when the oldest two got to 18, we did. Yeah, because we've got two 23-year-olds. Mm-hmm. One's mine, and, one's his. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> one 21 and two 23-year-olds. Uh, and then All girls. We uh, decided to head to Europe and just the plan was just to keep travelling, see where we ended up. Mm. Uh, we did a whole bunch of different places and we ended up spending seven weeks travelling around uh, Spain which was we were literally following all the castles mm-hmm. around Spain, which were fascinating to us, the, the different architecture, mm-hmm. the shapes, the sizes, mm-hmm. the influence from, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, just beautiful. They were beautiful. So this time sailing or cruising was not part no. of the thinking. No, no, that was all on, that was land-based. Mm-hmm. It was all land-based. But what we realised was it, it was all on the coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The places that you were drawn to. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Everywhere that, that we travelled and the places that we wanted to visit were all on the coast. So we found ourselves actually catching buses and trains and cars occasionally. To get to the water. 
to get to the water <laughs> and to follow around the edge of the continent or mm-hmm. around the edge of the country. And then there'd be something interesting inland and so we'd either hire a car or jump on a train or something and we'd go inland for a, a day or two or maybe a bit longer and then we'd come back out to the coast again and continue along the coast. And mm. because we kept coming to the coast, not just in Spain but in Italy and France and, and all the other places that we visited, even in the UK... We, we just kept being drawn to the coast. And we thought, this is mad. This is just crazy. Why why are we staying Land in based. hotels? And <laughs> Planes, trains and automobiles. All yeah. the way around the coast. When we could just, why don't we just get a boat? Yeah. And we could make our own way at, at our own pace mm-hmm. and still see all the things we want to go. And if we, if we want to go inland, we can just go inland, see something, mm. and come back out again. So that's when the seed was kind of planted. Yeah. That's 2016. Yeah. It took us a few years to literally downsize. Mm. more downsize and yeah, then downsize and downsize and downsize. So in 2016, that was when your boat idea, your boat plan yeah, actually the, started. Yeah, that was the idea. And did you guys have any sailing experience ahead of time? Um, prior no. to, well, when I was younger, <laughs> I, I suppose, you know, 12 through to about uh, 20s, um, I did a fair bit of dinghy sailing. Mm-hmm. So um, That's how herons, we started. Mm-hmm. herons uh, moths, that sort of mm-hmm. um, sharpies. Uh, that sort of uh, small boat sailing. Um, and I also was a Sea Scout leader for a number of years. Oh, cool. And that was fun, teaching kids to sail, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and it was something that I thought I'd always go back to at some point, but I never really did. Other things took up. And we're both very, very keen scuba divers. Yeah. So we've always been on and around boats. I think it's a requirement if you live in Australia, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> um, we've always been on and around boats for, for, mm-hmm. for basically yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, and so um, it wasn't a hard stretch to say, hey, what do you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we but started. I didn't, I didn't have any sailing experience, none. No. So the experience I'd had was uh, windsurfing, and mm-hmm. I wasn't very good at it. Um, scuba diving, obviously. Yeah, with me. Yeah. Um, but then when Steve started looking seriously for boats, I'm like, Okay. Mm. I guess we're doing it. <laughs> I better start learning. So mm. I registered myself with my sister at the time into a like a basic was, crew course at the at the OIA. Yeah, so competent Royal crew. Organization, competent crew. Just like every Saturday yeah. morning, that was a good yeah. step for me. And then um, my sister at the time had like access to a boat, so then we started going out with a bunch of girls and mm. I learned how to reverse the boat out and <laughs> you know and I was comfortable doing that. I didn't like helming. Mm-hmm. I still don't like helming, <laughs> but that's okay. Well, that's how it starts, right? Just little yeah. by little. It's not yes. like suddenly you're you're you know you proficient. you're proficient. No. Like it takes time. Oh yes, yeah. That's the cool thing about sailing is you're always learning, yeah. always and, learning. And while we were looking for boats, um, I also went and did you know, day skipper's ticket and, mm-hmm. and the practical and the mm-hmm. theory and all that sort of stuff. So at least he knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he can and tell so me what to do. Slowly been learning, but also um, reading lots. of Mm -hmm. because obviously the learning curve is astronomical Mm -hmm. and so you you're learning you're reading you're you're online with people looking at problems and issues yeah particularly when you're looking for boats someone will say oh there's this thing is wrong with this boat you go what the hell's that mean yeah exactly because you don't know what you (laughs) don't don't know know. what it means yeah so you you, search around and try and find something what what does it mean what does it do and Mm -hmm. um, is it an issue Mm -hmm. um and Slowly, slowly, we, we started to narrow the field down um, to the types of boats that we wanted, and we made our decision that at this stage uh, we were looking for a monohull rather mm-hmm. than a, a catamaran. And uh, we definitely made the decision 
we wanted to start small. Mm-hmm. And there's only the two of us. That's a lot. That's advice people give. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, the mentor is small, small boats, small problems. Yes. Yes. And, and <laughs> smaller. bigger boats. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lot of a bigger lot of the boats, reading. That's right. Bigger problems, but also being bigger dollars. <laughs> bigger yeah. dollars um, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of the reading that I did uh, pointed to uh, to one idea, and that was to to buy the smallest boat mm-hmm. that you were comfortable living in. And so as a starting point, that pointed us to under 40 feet. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, particularly in Greece, there's a, a big change, uh, Greece and, and Europe, um, where 40 feet is, is sort of the, the, the line drawn in the sand because above 40 feet, uh, the taxes and everything oh, is everything starting goes to up. Cre- Everything's mm-hmm. creeping up. And most um, marinas... Uh, are set up for the sort of 8 to 40 foot boats mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then the 40 to sort of 55 foot is, is sort of the next big chunk mm-hmm. uh, but most of it is in the smaller size mm-hmm. and then uh, and then smaller boats or small numbers of boats above that mm-hmm. but um well, let me tell you, this season for us when we were trying to learn how to med more, which we've done, I don't know, like three or four times, maybe. I mean, not that many, not even a full handful of times. We were definitely wishing we had a smaller boat because these, these, some of these boats, you're just like, oh my God, we're never going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it's just been the crazy. most stressful thing. It's so stressful. Oh, yeah. They try to squeeze is... you. I mean, if you yeah. have a small boat, I mean, they'll, they'll squeeze you in a small yeah, Maybe, but yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. yeah for it's, sure. It's... And to clarify, you say the, the royal we. The way Steve learns is by reading and mm-hmm. reading and reading. The way I learn is by doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, learning to sail, he he's suggested an, so many different books for me to mm-hmm. read. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't learn no, that I way can't. either. I yeah, can, that's not how I learn. Yeah. So sailing is how I learn to sail. Mm-hmm. Seeing where the wind is. So if it's flying, if those little telltales are going that way, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. That's how I learn. Mm-hmm. And this season, because of COVID, we haven't. Like we've started to gain that experience mm-hmm. and, and that has been a big learning curve, but mm-hmm. there's so much more to learn. Well, there's so much transition. Mm. Like take take learning to sail and, and all of that out of it. Yeah. There's so much to to learn and, and um, transition in other areas. Mm. So what have what has been the what what's been the big surprises for you or the the things that you're like, oh wow, I did not see this coming. Like what what maybe you didn't expect mm. that ended up being so I think it was the amount of space that Kim would have for her clothes. <laughs> 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 well the space I wouldn't have. Yes. Because <laughs> we brought way too much stuff from Australia mm-hmm. and I remember packing and Steve said yeah just chuck it in yeah you know? <laughs> I'm going I really don't think this is going to fit ah oh, just chuck it in oh, and then okay. so we're unpacking boxes in Greece like <laughs> we initially had them lined up on the pier and had to cover them in tarps because it was winter we couldn't fit them and I'm saying Steve we've uh, got too much stuff don't we mm. yes, yes we do, do. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things was my clothes I've still got three or four pairs of heels. <laughs> They're things that I can't part with and I didn't want to leave too much stuff at home because, you know, a box in someone's house, I don't know where that's Yeah, yeah this is a, this is interesting. So do you have a place no. at home? Like, because this is it, right? Oh, no. We do have a box of, like, memorabilia. Oh yeah, oh, there's family pictures yeah, and yeah, Christmas yeah. ornaments and stuff that you. Yeah, but family? we sold our house, we you, sold you our sell. cars, we sold everything. Okay, so it's literally only the one box, and yeah. anything that's left is actually sitting in my sister's garage and mm-hmm. being sold, or mm. uh, my daughter is going to move out and then take it with her. Right. Um, 
but you did it like yeah. oh yeah yeah that was that and that was hard yeah that took years it's, yeah this one i'm yeah. a bad hoarder yes <laughs> yeah oh no it's not a hoarder it's i haven't got my value out of that i'm not selling it for less than this yeah. <laughs> well that's sort and of and i'm the one that's managing the sale of things and have to negotiate yeah, with okay. people no no and then i have to go back and check with him no, not selling it for less than this. Yeah. <laughs> the downsizing was a big issue for us too. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, we were, I just had to wrap my head around because when we were downsizing, our plan too was to sell everything and live on the boat and that was that. And, um, you know, we ended up, you know, doing, selling the house, garage sale, downsize. We're like, yeah, we're minimalists. It's so awesome. And then we really weren't, you know. <laughs> well, what happens is you're in a big house and then you, you go sell to a, a bunch of stuff. The house looks empty. Yes. But then we moved into a smaller house. Smaller and space because like, oh, we wanted a really small apartment. <laughs> no. We need to downsize more. Yes. yes. That was the only way that he yes. could do it. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Had, we had a five bedroom, six bedroom when house. When the girls were still with us. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. And the garage and the, the area in front of the house, we could fit 12 cars there. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. It's a big space. And we had to downsize cars, downsize I motorcycles, downsize... into a downsize. three by two. Yeah, we moved into yeah. a three by two, just <laughs> us. And then we moved into Kim's sister's place so mm. that we were literally in a room. You were forced to be yes, in one room. Yes. Yeah, that, I think that's a good way to do it, yeah. is to ease yourself into a small space. We mm. have these friends, Matt and Emily, who lived in an RV. Um, mm. They transitioned, they sold their, their house and moved into an RV to get used to that smaller space yeah. too. Mm. Yeah, so mm. interesting. So what was it like? Like, did, I know you, you said you were telling your kids and your family, you know, for a while that this was going to happen. But when you actually did it, like, what was their response? I th- the one that I remember is my mom. I think she said, no, you're going to come back, aren't you, Kim? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. She didn't. I don't, I don't think she actually believed that we'd actually do it. Which I, I can understand because she, uh, when my brothers and sisters, they all left home like pretty much after uni and they went overseas. So there was this massive separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only one that stayed at home. I mm-hmm. did the whole get married and have a baby thing quite early. Mm. I stayed home. I was a good girl. <laughs> and then so she, I don't think she thought that we would actually leave. Mm. But when we actually uh, told her that, oh, we own a boat, there's silence. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Because she, I don't think she sees that she can come to us. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk all the time, thank God for technology and video calling, and she can just pick up the phone and she can also track us. Mm-hmm. We've got an app where she can see where we are. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's the main one. Our girls were like, of course you are. Oh, because mm-hmm. they had been. Yeah. 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 Mm. They've known since I said. Yeah. Just somewhere, somewhere for us to visit. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're, we're their holiday home away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, Although Angela gets seasick, so yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. interesting. Yeah, (laughs) my sister gets seasick too, but she's now decided she's going to like move on the boat with us as soon as the U.S. opens their. uh, their (laughs) Same. We're all going to be bombarded, aren't we? Yeah. Um, You sort of mentioned it before, and one thing I like to cover in in our podcast is just kind of keeping it real on like some of the issues and challenges, you know. So you started to talk about living in a small space, um, Mm. and that was a transition. Talk a little bit about the uh, couple's dynamics and, you know, what you've maybe had to work through or you were working through, like, how to communicate about stuff. Like, I still say, you know, oh, what do I do with this 
thingamabobber. And he's like, what are you talking about? And so, like, you know, I mean, basic communication is like knowing what stuff is would be helpful. Yes. But sometimes it's also, you know, as you're um, in the regular just life on a boat, there's that. Then the sailing of the boat, working together as a team. You know, maybe mm. you can share your thoughts yeah, anchoring, on Anchoring, the docking. Anchoring, docking, yeah. yeah. When we first bought the boat in Provesa, the boat was on the hard stand, on the hard. And uh, we stayed in the boat for about... There's three days three, before we went in the water. Yeah. During that time, we lifted up all the floorboards mm-hmm. and got a bit of a feel, both of us, where all the seacocks were, mm-hmm. all the valves that we could turn, where all the electrical cables on the water ran, mm-hmm. where where everything actually is. Mm-hmm. He made he made sure that we did that together. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it wasn't just him. Yeah, because yeah. Kim would go, where's this? Uh, <laughs> and we still have time to go, where is this? And... We remember or we, we go looking for, for something. We created a list somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in doing that, when we then came, got to Greece uh, or, or bought it in Provesa, then we went to Lefkada, and our goods arrived from Australia, we then had to decide the stuff that was already on the boat, do we either keep it or do we replace it with what we got or what mm-hmm. do we do? And one of the things we were quite fortunate about was that there was a lot of tools and spare parts. That oh, that's great. Boat. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. So many spares. So many spares. Um, and when I lined up all my tools and lined up the tools that were on the boat, there were so many doubles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we gave away and, and sold bits and pieces and kept sort of the better tools as mm-hmm. we were going along. But it meant that we also had to put all that stuff back in the boat and so we worked together to work out where we could put things mm-hmm. with the, the idea that if we needed to get to it, one, we'd know where to find it because it's obviously nooks and crannies everywhere on the boat, uh, but two, try to work out some sort of logic on what bits that would go us, together. Like what to name things. Yeah. <laughs> like the cupboard in the port side, number one, two or three. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so we worked out that Just logic. agreement on, on how we would do things. Now, didn't mean we didn't change some things as we went along, but mm-hmm. we had a starting point. I think that was very useful. Mm. Um, okay, and that's you're really more uh, attuned with what things are in the workshop, mm, which is our... Yeah, our pilot berth. Yeah. We call it a workshop. We turned it into a workshop. And I'm more aware of what's in the V-berth because I can reach it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got longer arms and legs and I can climb in yeah. there. Yeah. But dynamic between us, Steve is a very technical-minded man, very past-based thinking, mm-hmm. which can often be challenging. So you say, I'll say, this is what we're doing tomorrow. And he'll wake up tomorrow and say, what, what are we, we doing, doing today? today? <laughs> <laughs> so there's, and I'm a, a now and 90 days in, a, in, yeah. in the future kind of thinker. I can mm-hmm. plan that far out. Mm-hmm. So I they, think that, that's women and men in general, yeah. would you say? <laughs> <laughs> so it's an interesting, yeah. that, like I've, I tend to organise things and then drag him along and, and he'll rem- yeah, remember things mm. from the past. Just the other day, and it's three months ago. It's a running joke <laughs> in our family. It is. Um, or I'll, I'll start unpacking um, a section of the, the, the bilge to get out a tool or a cupboard to get out a tool and emptied it all out. And I'm halfway through just finding the bits, let alone doing the job. And Kim says, we're supposed to be somewhere in an hour or two hours. Or three <laughs> Does this hours. sound familiar? Like, <laughs> this is why Stefan's laughing. Yeah. Easily distracted. Yeah, yeah, very easily distracted. So one, also job, Stefan. one job turns into three jobs, turns into five jobs. Because he's not someone that can leave something half finished either. Mm. That frustrates him. Yes. Mm. I'm like, I can put tools down at five and go... 
do something else. there tomorrow. No, yeah, I just fine. keep going. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's forget to eat. I suppose timings is, is yeah, we have different timings on, that's, on things. That's very similar. Mm-hmm. I think we, yeah, that's been something we've been able to, needing to kind of work through a little bit. Even today, we were like, oh, come over at five. No, no, six. You know, because <laughs> everything takes longer and, you know, we're not really good at managing our time so much, you yeah. know. So. Uh, I mean, it, and on it's a boat. hard on a boat because you're starting a project and then it's never like, okay, you do that project and it's done. You discover something else. So yeah, something exactly. And then, you know, something yeah, happens. Just, yeah. And then, yeah, once you're going, you're like, okay, let's keep on going. And, yeah. But I think it's very healthy. I see some, some cruisers, like, yeah, they, they stop and, and then they go do something else, like totally do, to be outside the boat. And I think. Um, we haven't I, figured out how to do yeah, that. Yeah. And I think yeah. I, at times during the summer, I personally like got burned out because you're leaving on the boat. And, mm. and I think to leave the boat and leave everything you're thinking about behind you and just go. Do something yeah, fun. Yeah. 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 And I mm. think, yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, it's a hard thing. We were, Especially as the boat is new to you. Yeah. There's so many things you're like, you, you need to do or you think you have to do right now. Mm. And, and this season has been quite unique for that too. Right. Being, mm. You have to particularly maybe stay on your boat or mm. stay separated yeah. or isolated from people yeah or maybe. get to a certain place by a certain time that's because right. yeah. of the visa and yeah stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 90 days yeah yeah so something i've learned about steve is uh i thought i was the only one that got hangry like mm. hungry angry and i've recognized the cues mm. in him now that i know when he's hangry now and previously, it's like, well, I would just feed him when I ate. When I <laughs> ate, I fed him because he would forget. <laughs> just get distracted and yeah. get to eat. Yeah. But there's, I can recognise the cues now for, mm. are you grumpy? Why are you grumpy? Oh, you're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so interesting because, you know, we were obviously married before the boat and yes. together before the boat for mm. years. And on the boat, though, there's certain things that get accentuated, right? Yes. And um, I think in some ways it's a great learning experience as a couple because you're learning more about each other mm. at, a, at a more intense level. Um, that's been my observation. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're putting two people in a small space in in, in a totally new, new environment, mm-hmm. and with some challenges. I mean, because you know, I mean, here we're at the marina and the boat is attached, and it's all good. But when you're anchored, or you know, something happens, the, the, the weather or... changes, yeah. and so other people are anchoring near you, and so yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on all mm-hmm. the time, and and, and so we're not experts. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's a transition. It's a mm, major transition. Yeah. Yeah. And um, would you say you guys are on this at the same kind of risk tolerance level, or mm. does one of you have more of a risk tolerance than the other? And then how do you work mm. through that? Probably quite similar. Mm. Uh, our level of risk tolerance. Um, we've scuba dived together for a very long time, Ooh, and so over ten years now. Uh, yeah. And uh, so. Where we would go diving, weather when we're diving, uh, areas, currents, those sorts of things. What we're we're physically used to, capable of doing. Yeah, physically, mm-hmm. physically capable, uh, but also the conditions and those sorts of things. I think we're comfortable talking about those sorts of things and making decisions around risk. Around yeah, that's a really great comfort. training ground, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So Let's say um, a month or so ago when we were in bar, we really wanted to actually leave the bar marina because we'd been – we booked in for a month. We really wanted to um, go out and be on anchor in the different bays up the coast, knowing that, that we were coming to Porto for October. Um, 
But as the the day of departure got closer, the Medicane kind of mm. was, we could see it coming towards Greece and there were other high wind and wave um, patches that were coming through. Mm. And it just had, I was excited. I was excited, but I wasn't looking in the detail mm. at the weather that Steve was and his agitation was going up, but yeah. my excitement was going up. <laughs> Uh-oh. So then there was this, so we're excited what is going about on? Going, you're excited about going out to anchor. But then the concern over actually the medic the Medicaid, the the, the and Mediterranean the hurricane and the bad weather that it's bringing as as loads mm-hmm. um, with it um, really is leading to a whole pile of, of unsettled weather mm-hmm. and so for us to take one of you know, a big step out into into our, going our, our home yeah <laughs> in our home to, to step out into um, into I suppose going to anchor and those sorts of things. Which we'd um, only done once before. Yes. In all this time, we've, we've been out for a year, we've only anchored twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. And that's because we got caught in Orica Marina in Albania. We couldn't leave. You got caught in a medicaine. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. then the medicaine was coming up and we were ready to start doing anchoring and, and getting that learning. And when we looked at the weather, I was not comfortable with mm-hmm. that. And so... We, at one point, I just go, okay, stop. Let's just sit and figure out what's going on because mm. there was a tension. The, yeah, there oh, was yeah. the yeah. anxiety and my excitement. I'm like, well, this isn't <laughs> matching. What's what are we? <laughs> That's a really interesting. So we actually story. then had to decide, and mm. the change in him after this conversation was like, oh, well, it's like a weight lifted off my we shoulders. We just yeah. decided to stay in the marina for another month. Yeah. yeah, and if we got the opportunity to go out and anchor for yeah. a night or two and then come back because mm. of weather then we would take that opportunity. Mm. We didn't because of the weather. We actually yeah. stayed. But yeah, I see this in you a little bit too. Like I can see, and I can imagine it's um, you, meaning Stefan. I can imagine, you know, you feel like this big burden, um, not burden, but responsibility of making sure everybody's safe and like, yeah. am I reading it? Do I have all the information? Yeah. You know, um, we should be able to do it, but maybe not, you know, mm. and, and you, you, ha- you just, we don't have this years and years of cruising experience yes. to get yeah. comfortable. Mm. Well, you it's know. your home. It's, it's your, your home, it's your boat. So yeah. you know a small mistake can become pretty You lose everything you own. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's. I know when we got here to Porto Montenegro and, and we, we had to move also because initially of the yeah. work you had and also we had to move because of the visa issues, constraints. So By the time we got here, he was done. <laughs> I, yeah, we, you know, I mean... It's not the ideal situation when you're cruising that you have like some kind yeah. of schedule. So we got lucky overall with the weather and we managed things pretty well. But once we got here, it was like what the plan was to keep cruising in Mont- in mm. Montenegro, and we we got crossed here before bad weather. But then we got here and it was like really it was bad, bad weather. really bad weather. We were like, hmm. Okay, you know what? Enough. We're going to <laughs> we're going to settle in the <laughs> marina and we're going to be happy with all the things. <laughs> And we're just going to go for some yeah. hikes and eat some pizza and, and, and be done with it for a minute. was like, you know, yeah. I mean, you, you have some build-up tension yeah. because what we're talking about, you know, your environment is constantly moving mm. and it's a new boat to you and it's mm. your home. And I think once you settle in a, in a safe space, suddenly it's like all that tension you don't realize builds up over time and plus, you know, fatigue and yeah. suddenly like there was like, ah, oh. yeah. <laughs> you can yes. sleep at night and you don't, <laughs> you don't wake up at two in the morning looking around, yeah. you know, <laughs> are we dragging or not? This is such a good point because, you know, when you're living in a house... You know, you don't worry about. You just go to bed, mm. or you don't worry about if it's windy. Anything outside, happening? You shut a window. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But on a boat, it's like this. It, it it's sort of this constant 
um, monitoring, monitoring mm. and, and level of alertness that you need that we're not used to, yeah. right? Mm. So it's sort of like you're you're building a new muscle in an area, and mm. it's it's exhausting. Mm. Yeah, we were we were ready to go out to anchor, um, and then looking at the weather associated with the medicaine, we're going. Mm, uh, we we know it's not going to hit us, but the the other surrounding right. weather associated with it, I think it's not going to be very comfortable. When we stayed at Bard during that Medicaid, um, we had 50-knot winds mm. in the marina. Mm. And for the next two weeks, uh, we had winds up to around 30, 30 knots, mm-hmm. um, which we would have been anchoring in. Yeah. Mm. And for people <laughs> without the anchoring experience, mm. yeah. um, I, I really feel that we were erring on, on the side of yeah. caution and made the right decisions. Mm. And... Since leaving um, the marina and, and working our way up to Porto here, um, we camped ourselves or we, we anchored on, on the back end of one of the islands up here. Uh, and Off Budvar. Off Budvar. And it was beautiful. Yeah. We really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And so because we were making our way up here to Porto for our contract to start on the 1st of October, we'd given ourselves a day and really we could have stayed a couple more days if we wanted to, but mm-hmm. we're actually excited about getting here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now that we're here... Um, with winter, um, obviously winter approaching and the weather getting cooler, um, we don't want to just stay in the marina. We'd like to take day trips out and, and yeah. a, a night here or a night there to get that practice in. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guys um, on our on our pier uh, said he he's effectively spent twelve years. Um, being on either side of the island. Just this one over here. Where is it? Mm. Just out <laughs> okay. here. Yeah, just out here. Um, you know, he's on the north side of it when the winds are from the south and, and vice versa when the winds are from the north. And he said it's really, really comfortable and nice and, and it weathers the, the storms and the winds very well. And we'd like to build up that sort of muscle. Mm. Yeah. So good experience, I think, yeah. that we can find. Uh-huh. But going out on the smaller boats from the sailing club, that's yep. another way for us to gain experience mm. while we're here. These are the Js. Yeah, the 70s. The yeah. yeah. And even having someone with more experience, like um, Mark, who we met the other day, mm-hmm. come out mm-hmm. and show us how to use our Jenica. Use our yeah. Which I mean, is still in a locker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, head sail and main sail we can deal with. Yeah. Um, but we... What is this thing? How yeah. does it work? <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd be the one running on deck doing it because he's at the helm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but I don't know what to do. Yeah. Why don't I do this pole? What yeah. is this thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one of the things that has really helped us while sailing is what we call the marriage savers. We have the little headphones. Mm. Yeah, we yeah. don't have those yet. Yeah. They are going to be marriage savers, I can <laughs> oh, tell yeah. already. I, that's all, that's how I refer <laughs> to them. It, it takes the stress out of being able to hear and understand each mm-hmm. other when we're on the boat. It's really it's stressful. Wind, motor noise mm-hmm. even going down to make a cuppa for us like steve's at the helm and i go and make a cuppa we can still what's talk. a cuppa a cup, cup of tea, tea. Oh. <laughs> cup of tea cup of coffee it's an australianism <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah so we can still hear each other yeah so the headphones just allow us to, to talk to each other you can also connect them to your phone if you really want to but mm-hmm. um yeah it's great it just takes that communication yeah we've had right we've out. had issues with that we can still be annoyed with each other on yeah. the on the headphones but yeah. we don't have to yell yeah <laughs> Well, and there's people on the, you know, people trying to be helpful on the dock, you know, and then you're like, am I listening to you? Am I yeah. listening to you? It's, yeah. it's- and there's been a, um, a couple of stressful times where Steve has, the only person he can actually hear and focus on is me. So if someone is giving some information, it has to come to me so that I can then relay it to Steve. Yeah, that's so that good. Can focus. So there's not a miscommunication. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. 
So what advice would you have for other people, other couples who are, you know, thinking about the cruising lifestyle and, um, well, for, for Steve and I, like, I'm 173 centimetres. Steve is shorter than me at 165. So one of the big things for me was areas in the boat that I can stand up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a Moody, I can stand up in, in the saloon. I can stand up in our room. There are sections I can stand up in the bathroom. Um, but most of the time going through doorways, I have to bend down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for someone who is not willing to do that, or it, it, it is a consideration. So for me, um, I, I knew that that's what I'd have to do. Um, but when we found the centre cockpit moody, which meant that I could stand up in our bedroom, that was like, that's as good as I'm going to get for this size boat. So that was the making the 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 thing that put you over on make on making a decision on that specific on that, boat on that specific boat mm-hmm. and those are the, those factors. The other, my head goes straight to things that I love. So um, a routine that I would always have at home is I love coffee. Steve doesn't drink coffee, so it's a ritual and a routine for, that's mine. Mm-hmm. And for me to keep that and maintain that has been another very important thing for me so if someone has something that is just for them it helps them de-stress it helps them take time out whatever it is sit down have a coffee or do what you do read a book keep that Mm -hmm. keep that find a way to keep that on the boat Mm -hmm. what would your thought be on advice advice um i would look advise people to go and see or visit and be on a lot of boats Mm-hmm. Um, what that does is it, it gives you the feel of the space that you might want, how big a boat, how small a boat. Um, but also, is this a space that I could live 24-7 in? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, that's what you're doing. You're living mm-hmm. 24-7 in this space. And, and with COVID, it could be all on the boat. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It could all be on the boat. Uh, the stories of people, particularly in, in Greece and other places where you know, you've just sailed halfway across an ocean and you arrive somewhere and people say, oh, I'm sorry, you can't come in. Mm-hmm. You're on your boat for the next 14 days. Mm-hmm. We'll bring you some food or some water, but you're on your boat. Um, so, you know, what might have been a, a leisurely four or five day passage might turn into four or five plus 14 days of yeah. quarantine. Um, so be comfortable with the space. Also, Understand the capabilities of your boat. Mm-hmm. When we chose um, the Moody 38, uh, we were after a boat that had a, a basically a CE rating of A. It's an A-class boat. Mm-hmm. It's designed to to go out in the worst oceans. It's it's built for that sort mm-hmm. of that mess. reassured me too. Yeah, for it's sure. It's not going to tip yeah. over. Yeah, it's not going to tip over. Right, never tips over. It's going to come it's back. It's going to come again. back up. Yeah, yeah it, it's designed to do that, and so. Um, I think that helped my mum as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the age of the boat was less important. It was mm-hmm. more that it was designed and built to do exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a solid ocean-going boat. Um, we didn't necessarily need a full keel boat as, a, as an ocean-going boat, but certainly a, a good, solid a boat with a good reputation. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what we ended up with. Yeah. Cool. And you got to do it with someone who you can be in that boat with. Yes. Yes, and... Have you got any doubts? Well, you said before that you'd learned something about me. I've learned things about you too. Um, Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Don't you know everything? <laughs> Been married for over 10 years. Um, I suppose one of the things that I, I recognised, even before we went on the boat, and but now more so, is that you actually do like 
space with me not on the boat. <laughs> so if you're if you're working down in the saloon, you've got your computer out and you're doing stuff, um, I can be somewhere else on the boat, out of sight, out of mind, um, you know, doing little jobs or things like that. Or if um, if there's any tension or upset that might be there between us, um, it's better for me to be off the boat and <laughs> go for a walk and, and give Kim I'm some, some blow-off space. Because <laughs> um, that's all I need. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, uh-huh. being able to give Kim that space uh-huh. makes a big difference to uh-huh. me. Um, to you your know. survival. Yes, to yeah. my survival. <laughs> I live a lot more in my head, I think, uh-huh. and, and so I don't mind the space. I don't mind not having the space, mm-hmm. but I know Kim really appreciates the space. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah and it, it's interesting on a boat, too. You can actually, you can be right next to each other, but have your own space. Yeah. Um, earphones do that yeah. wonders for stuff. No, but it's inter- interesting, you know, you can you can literally be in the same space and in your own space at the same time. Yes. Yeah, really cool. That's been very good. <laughs> Well, you guys have been just a joy to meet and get to know, and we're really excited to come back, you know, when we do come back and do some sailing with you. That should be a lot of fun. (laughs) Cool. And where can people find you? Uh, We are Sailing Mimpy. So Mimpy is M-I-M-P-I. We're on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. <laughs> Very cool. And we, like I said, we have a lot of Australian listeners. So please reach out to these guys if you have any questions. Cool. Yep. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Fair winds for now.